Welcome to Shroomland, the podcast where we explore strange and obscure media in an effort to understand how it feels to be on drugs without actually taking any. I'm Brittany. And I'm Taylor. Let's get into it. Disclaimer, this is explicit content and contains all of the possible spoilers. Proceed with caution. So today, we're going to be chatting about Elevation by Stephen King. In the small town of Castle Rock, word gets around quickly. That's why Scott Carey only confides in his friend, Dr. Bob Ellis, about his strange condition. Every day he's losing weight, but without looking any different. Meanwhile, a new couple, Deirdre and Missy, owners of a fine dining experience in town, have moved in next door. Scott is not happy that their dogs keep fouling on his lawn. But as the town prepares for its annual Thanksgiving 12K run, Scott starts to understand the prejudices his neighbors face. Soon, they forge a friendship which may just help him through his mysterious affliction. Goodreads rated this book 3.68 out of 5. It is also a Goodreads Choice winner in 2018. So, what made you pick this book? Well, mostly I love Stephen King and I read a bunch of his books, but I was really excited that I found a Stephen King book that was short, because he is notoriously very wordy with his novels and... Yeah, so rather than go through all of his words in, like, Under the Dome or It again, I was like, 146 pages, let's fucking do it! Um, And I found it at a book sale. uh, The book sale that we have referenced before. It's dope. Donate to the Seattle Pub Library. But, um, yeah, so I was like, this is gonna be great. Uh, I have different feelings now, but, like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, how would you describe this book in five words? Okay, that wasn't one of the words. Starting now. Lesbians. Confusing. Gravity. Short. Friendship. (laughs) I hope that's all you require. Also, Taylor, I've told you about this book. How apt do you think that description is? I mean, that it's pretty apt, I think. I read like half of this book when I was waiting in a bookstore for someone one day. Um, and that about sums it up, although I feel like short is a bit of a cheater's word. It was, but also, um, honestly, five words is, it's weird to give this a full five words and also give, like, Border, which is a two and a half hour movie, only five words. Like, that's fair. (laughs) Finding that many words for such a short book is really challenging. (laughs) Um, okay, so basically, we start off, there's a guy in a town his name is guy and or dude if you prefer dude i will alternate uh he's living in a small town in maine he lives across the street from this couple of lesbians hence lesbians hence i also seem to be mildly obsessed with lesbians since this is the second one in a row where one of the words is lesbians and i totally forgot about it yeah i guess it is also there's something funny about the phrasing of like this couple of lesbians like i know it like it is technically right <laughs> yeah but doesn't it just feel like it doesn't mean that i'm referring to like a couple it's right like i'm just like there's a couple of lesbians around here they're not related <laughs> they're not together they um, roam the streets sometimes <laughs> they just exist um in this case they're actually like a couple who are lesbians so there you go um and one of the women in the couple is, like, a very friendly, bubbly, nice person that's, like, trying to, like, kind of 
ingratiate herself with the town. Um, the other one's a little more bristly, I think is the word I used in my notes. Um, she's a little jaded from life, and so she doesn't, like, try very hard to be super friendly. And this proves to be a point of conflict for the main character. Um, in particular, because the this couple has a dog. This dog is fouling on his lawn. Fouling. He's taking a dump on the guy's <laughs> lawn. And the guy has stepped in it more than once. And he goes to his neighbors and asks for them to clean it up. I know that this story sounds very mundane, and it mostly is. <laughs> but, like, there will be some weirdness, I promise. Um, and so, basically, the guy's like, hey, your dog's, like, shitting on my lawn when you go for a run. Can you Can you clean it up? And it seems like a pretty fair request. Um, but the more bristly lady uh, thinks that he's just being a jackass. She doesn't think that he's being serious. She thinks he's just trying to, like, hassle him. So she kind of blows him off. And it turns into this big conflict that goes on for, like, way too long about a dog poop in a guy's yard. Um, Didn't he, like, I feel like he set something up to catch the dog at it. He does. So, like, pretty early in the book, that conflict comes to a head because... He didn't, like, set it up, but he saw the dog as it was taking shit on his lawn. So he, like, snapped a picture or okay. took a video or something. And then he went to them and was like, while you were on a run, this is your dog. Like, this is what happened. And he shows the picture to the couple. And, like, the one woman in the couple who's, like, a little bit friendlier. I also have no idea what their names are. So I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep, like, referring them to the friendly and the bristly one. But um, the friendly one makes a point of trying to be friendly and she's like oh like you know really fulfilling her role in the book and the other one um it seemed like a little defeated by the whole situation as if like he had really got one on her so then they proceed to actually like leash their dog when they run and they change the running route so that the dog wouldn't be like taking a dump so he won but he was also like why was this such an aggressive source of conflict? I feel like this should have been, like, much easier. Because he's, you know. I mean, you're right. <laughs> it, was, it was also, like, a really strange form of conflict for them to have to make this, like, a... I think it felt like there was an easy fix. And that, like, Mr. King decided to make one of these ladies, like, very unreasonable. Which I think is unfair to her. But, <laughs> uh... Yeah. That said... I think my favorite trope for a couple will always be the grumpy one is soft for the sunshine one. Yes. I do. I, I mean, also that trope has like embedded itself so deeply in my life that I want to date someone grumpy because <laughs> then I'll be like, they'll, they'll be happy for me though. And like, I will make them not grumpy. He'll be a jackass with everyone else though. Isn't that the dream? Yeah. Also, I might actually have got it wrong. I think I'm the grumpy one. I think you are. <laughs> so, hello, boys. If you're a friendly one, please don't call me. It's really creepy, actually. That's so weird. <laughs> also, what is wrong with you if you listen to this podcast and then are like, sounds like my type of woman. <laughs> Especially after I made that voice for you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> We're really pulling out all the stops to <laughs> attract Ooh. the boys. Come hither. Please don't. Um, okay, so you get this big source of conflict. You're like, okay, that was lackluster, but fine. And so then 
you realize the point of this book, the reason this book exists, is because this motherfucker is going through something kind of peculiar, as is everything and everyone that we talk about on this podcast. This guy is rapidly losing weight, except his size doesn't change at all. And this other fun little note is that while he's losing weight, or at least the scale would seem to say so, he can jump on the scale with like wearing a backpack and all his clothes, and he will weigh the exact same amount as he does when he has nothing on. Which in case you don't know how physics works, I can just affirm that that's not how it works. Right. If you step on a scale while holding 20 pound weights, you're going to weigh 20 pounds more. Yeah. This is actually how I test how much my luggage weighs. (laughs) Hop on it without luggage. Hop on it with luggage. Calculate the difference. Determine if you need to take an extra pair of pants out of your bag or a bottle of wine. As do we all. And let's be real. We can sacrifice all of the overcoats, but we need, you know, 18 pairs of underpants for a seven-day trip. In case of emergencies... (laughs) I don't know what emergency requires that you have that many extra pairs of underwear, but, like, I don't know. Honestly, though, the last vacation I took, I did not pack enough clothes. For once, I was like, I'm not going to overpack. And then we went to a resort where we were swimming a lot, and so we changed clothes all the goddamn time. And I didn't have enough clothes. That's, yeah. That's happened to me before. It's a horrible, horrible experience. I love the tangent that this just went on. This Because the book is so short, guys. Yeah, the book's not long enough for us to stay focused the entire time. I promise that like, the longer the content is and the more interesting it is, the more we will stay on topic because it's so easy. But this, truly, so mundane. Like The entire weird bit about this is that this guy's losing a lot of weight. Except he's not smaller and his weight is not at all impacted by like what he has on him. Which is strange and... Spoiler alert, never explained. We never know what happened. It just gradually continues. And so he goes to the doctor, the doctor tests it, and the doctor's like, what the actual fuck is happening? Um, and so that's whole thing. Doctor's one of his friends, he keeps checking in, is like keeping up with how much weight this guy's losing. So for frame of reference, I want to say he's like... 240 to 250 pounds at the start um well over six feet tall so he's like fairly large dude um could lose a little bit of extra weight according to his doctor but not like outstandingly large um and so initially his doctor's like you know it's not the worst thing losing a little weight it's probably like okay for your health though you are like a fairly healthy guy in general and then it gets weird and then they continue on with the weirdness but that's really not the main part of the story because really this story is actually about a guy developing a friendship with the lesbians that live across the street so um for frame of reference about the lesbians they own a restaurant in town the friendly one is a hostess at the restaurant and the more bristly one is the head chef which makes a lot of sense it feels like it is really appropriate for who they are as a person that those were the roles picked for them you know it works. So the guy goes around town and starts, as he's like interacting with the people around town, he begins to realize that people in the town are kind of jackasses. Uh, they have been really intensely, I guess, judging the women for being openly gay. 
And at first, this guy, because he's like straight white dude, nobody gives a shit about him in that like nobody's given him a hard time about any of the decisions he makes in life. He was just like, you know, I think that they just don't like her because she's mean, which is a fair point. She's not a particularly nice person. <laughs> That's true. She's not really catching any flies out there. Yeah. Um, and I think that a big point in the book that I forgot to write down, but I'm pretty sure it's true, is that the chef, Brisley Lesbian, is uh, also someone that grew up in that town. So she was pretty aware of like how those people behaved before, whereas the more friendly one had been, I think, from somewhere else. And so she was a little less jaded by the whole situation. And this other girl had been like, she knew what they were stepping into when they moved into the town and opened up their restaurant. So, like, obviously, she's a complex character. She's got a lot going on. But the guy begins to realize, like, oh, people are, like, saying really rude, derogatory things about these women when they're not around. Some of them even mentioned that, like, maybe they would frequent the restaurant if they weren't, like, openly gay. Like, if they weren't shoving their lifestyle in other people's faces. And the guy begins to realize, like, wow, that must be a really tough experience. Didn't the guy tell some of them off? He did. I think he got in a fight, actually. Because someone put up, like, a shitty poster, I think, that, like, had some slander on it. And uh, and then our main dude, our protagonist, if you will, he, like, punches that guy in the face or something. There was, like, some sort of, like, I'm big, strong man. I know how to handle this situation. And then he did. I mean, honestly, I was cool with it. Yeah, you know. Seemed fair. Yeah, so that's a big thing. Um, he tries to go to the restaurant to just, you know, show support or whatever, but also he obviously already has some conflict with one of the people in the couple, and she is not having it. She's like, how about you just go? We don't need your pity money. Uh, because she realizes that he's, like, catching on to what's going on, because he was, like, pretty oblivious to the whole situation before, but now, now he knows. Now he's going to be a good person, which is, like, kudos. Fucking actually really solid. I get why she's bristly, but... But, you know, if you can recognize your ignorance and then try and make it better, that's really all you can ask of people. Really, because, like, we aren't all born to be perfect, like, and know exactly how everything is, especially if we didn't have exposure to it. So it's cool that he actually does grow as a human over the course of the book. Though it's a little, like, obviously campy and tropey and, like, oh, cheesy, but also it's good moral. It's like, oh, he didn't know. Now he knows. Now he's trying to be better. That being said, one of those ladies is not not a fan. She thinks it's bullshit and she doesn't buy it. Um, and so then there's this whole thing with this fucking 12K. It's an annual Thanksgiving race. It's a big deal. Everybody's, everybody's going for it. And by everybody, I mean the chef and um, now our protagonist, who is not, like, he was in okay shape, but he's definitely not in, like, run a 12K shape. For frame of reference, I'm in, like, okay shape, and uh, 12Ks are fucking hard. That is over six miles. Also, that is that a weird number for a race? It is. Like, aren't they normally 10Ks? Yeah, it's usually a 5K, 10K, and then, like, a half marathon. You don't really... Granted, it's a pretty significant jump from a 10K to a half marathon, but you, like, almost double your distance. But, yeah, those are... The more typical 12k is like I, I don't think Stephen King runs, so I'm just gonna give him give him that one. But yeah, it's it's a strange distance. 
And so at this point, oh, Scott is the name of our main protagonist. Sorry, I just looked at a note. Um, you're welcome, guys. We're professionals. Uh, so Scott, now that he is being friends with the lesbians, he gets a name. Now he gets a name. I mean, we gave Billy a name, so let's fucking, let's give Scott a name. At least he's trying to be decent. Fucking Billy didn't do shit. Uh, sorry, make sure you listen to all the episodes. It makes more sense if you do. Uh, so, Scott has lost, like, so much weight to the point where he's actually kind of bouncy now. Like, he maybe had some, like, knee issues, but he's so light. I don't recall exactly what his weight was at this point, but he's significantly lighter than a man of his size would be. Whether it's fat or muscle, like how dense he is whatever like he is not meant to weigh this little at his size so he's like buoyant is not the word for people on land but buoyant is the word i'm choosing to use that's that's more or less like the idea yeah so he decides to sign up for this 12k (laughs) whatever weird distance but (laughs) he signs up and then before the race he goes up to the chef And so the chef has signed up for this race as a big old fuck you to everybody. She used to run in college and she was pretty sure she could win. And also she had righteous anger on her side. So she was going to fucking show the town, flip them all off because her business was about to go under and she wanted to do this as her last like hoorah before she left. Love it. And so like, I respect that. That is very much the way I would probably handle the situation. So... 100% on your page for context. And then, so Mr. Scott man decides that he, I don't know why I can't just call him by his name. I'm sorry. He goes pre-race to give the chef a cup of coffee and like wish her luck on the race. And she's just like, I don't need luck. I've got this, which, you know, respect, confidence, a little bit of good luck never hurts you. So it's okay to say thanks. Also, maybe don't be mean to the one guy who's trying to reach out. Yeah, I get your bristly, but it's it's okay to be nice to like the one person. It's probably not gonna kill you. It could, but it probably won't. So they have that whole thing, and then Scott's like, you know what? Hey, I want to make you a bet. And she's like, what's the bet? And he's like, if you win, I will leave you alone. I will not keep hassling you because over the course of this book he's obviously been like now that the conflict has been erased he's like really trying to be friends with them and she is just like please leave me the fuck alone and so he is like you know what if you win your your deal you win you get to not deal with my fucking face anymore and you can run wherever you want and your dog can shit in my yard and I will clean it up and she's like okay what if you win. And then he's like, if I win, you're going to come over to my house and have a meal with me. And I'm going to make the food and I will have the wine and you and your wife are just going to come over and we're all just going to be friendly. That's like a nice deal, but also I don't think he needed to include the caveat that if she wins, her dog can shit on his yard. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But he's, he's confident. He knows he can win because he weighs not enough. And so the race is happening and she's doing a phenomenal job. She is obviously an athlete and he is keeping pace, which is bizarre, but this is a weird book. So he's able without any training, he didn't even try to run once 
to keep pace with an athlete. <laughs> He's lighter, but that shouldn't really affect like his lung capacity. Mm-mm. But I think that the idea is that he's so light that it's like not as, as big a strain on his body and his muscles. Like, I mm. think his muscles are functioning as well as they would when he weighed as much as he did. And now because his muscle capacity and his lung capacity is the same as it was before. Um, yeah, but there's like obviously some confusing bits that don't totally make sense, even with the loss of weight. Um, the increased buoyancy, if you will. <laughs> So, they're in the race, head to head. It's all going. It's very intense. And then she falls to the ground. Ow. And Scott, I know, also, I don't know how many of you have, like, fully fallen to the ground as a grown-up. But, like, fuck, it hurts. (laughs) Like, you know, we all trip sometimes. But to fully, like, well, not even just, like, oh, you stub your toe and then you casually roll to the ground like a drama queen, which is a thing that I've done before. Uh, but like a, But a full trip, face plant, ouch. <laughs> so that's her experience. And then Scott, our dear, sweet protagonist Scott, stops. He turns around. He grabs her hand and helps her up. And in that point of contact, he briefly transfers whatever the fuck is going on with him over to her. And she sprints to finish the race. She wins. And big fun bit about that whole moment. There was a photographer there that took a picture of her accepting a hand from Scott. And it gave her phenomenal publicity. Why this one moment... Of her accepting help gave her such phenomenal publicity. I do not know. Honestly, I feel like the publicity should be like for Scott, who was winning this race and still stopped to help her up. It should have. But, you know, it. I think it just looked like a moment of kindness. Whatever. So people like thought she was a human and then they were nice to her and like went to a restaurant. And so she didn't go under. People are confusing. Stephen King, I think... Like, it's it's very sweet of him to have tried to make a book about this topic and, like, you know, talk about an experience he doesn't have. But also, he's good at writing weird things. Him writing, like, normal interactions between humans is not... He's not a normal guy. He doesn't know how it goes. <laughs> and I say that with all the love in the world for Stephen King. I think he is amazing. And... I'm glad that his brain is so bizarre, but... But I don't think he knows how PR works. I don't think he does. It's it's cute, though. Uh, so he's... The town loves her, did a dub, but she won the race. And Scott was like, well, guess I lost my meal. And then her and her wife show up with a bottle of wine, and they're like, hey, you know that you actually won the race. Like, there's no way I would have won had you not stopped to help me. You won the bet. Let's have a meal. And then they become the bestest of friends. That's really nice, but, you know, they maybe should have said that before they showed up at his house unannounced and uninvited with wine. Like, let's have our meal now that you are going to prepare for us. Right. It was was a little weird. It was a cute moment. And then she, the bristly one, who actually ends up becoming, like, the best of friends with Scott, she has had such a hard time with him, but now she's really opened herself up and now they're really tight. Um, But she recognized that something weird happened when they touched hands 
because something weird did happen when they touched hands and asked about it. And then Scott confided in his rapid weight loss. At this point in the book, I want to say he's barely over 100 pounds. Wow. He weighs nothing. His size has not been impacted at all. And there is still absolutely no explanation for what has gone on. And they are like friends. They do meals. The doctor's still checking in. The doctor's really concerned. Things continue on. There's not a whole lot really going on. I think you get some updates about how the restaurant's doing and the development of Scott and uh, the Bristoly one's friendship. And at some point, he is weighs so little that he's in a wheelchair because they're worried about him being too buoyant and like bumping into things, I think is the point. So he's kind of strapped to the earth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then... Sorry, guys, this podcast is going to be, like, probably significantly shorter than the rest because I'm about to give you the end of the book. Uh, they all go to his home, the doctor and the couple, and they're at his home. He's, like, strapped so that he will stay on the earth. And then they have a whole talk, and Scott is like, thank you guys so much. You have all been so supportive. I really, really love you. It's time for me to float away. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was his phrasing, but I wish it was his phrasing. And then they have a whole moment. The bristly one cries. She's so sad. She's going to miss him. Also, they have to be careful not to touch him because they're worried about whatever it is transferring because they knew it did transfer briefly. They didn't want to, like, have this happen to anyone else. And then he gets unstrapped and he floats off into the sky. Like a child's birthday balloon. That will then go to destroy the ecosystem of the oceans. Maybe not. Maybe he'll make it all the way out to space. I think he did. (laughs) I want to say he did. So basically this whole story is this lesbian couple who have been discriminated against and their restaurant's about to go under and they find one singular friend and that friend indirectly saves their restaurant and then floats away and now they don't have any friends anymore. Yeah. I think they're friends with the doctor now. That's the saddest thing. I know. I think the rest of the town has become nicer and the doctor is now friends with them. But yeah, no. They had one friend who wasn't a dickhead and then this happened. fucked off. Also... I know that it's a horror book and, like, I know that I'm for sure going to say it in the... Well, it's not a horror book, but, like, I know it's a Stephen King book and I know that, like, fantasy, blah, blah, blah. I am particular about being, like, you know what's... Actually, I think this is why, because it's not a horror book. I'm sorry, that was a tangent. I didn't finish any of my sentences. I am usually a person that is a big proponent of horror being inexplicable. I think that what is most scary is that there are things that people do or that happen that we cannot explain... And then it's horrifying. This book is not a horror book. And nothing was explained. And it was just bizarre. And also it was so bizarre because it was so plain. Yeah, it's all very benign. Yeah, the whole story is like this guy developing a relationship with people that are different from him. And like kind of putting his feet in other people's shoes. (laughs) That expression is. And then... (laughs) 
walked a mile in other people's <laughs> Also, I imagine his feet are so much larger than theirs. So, like, I'm, I really hope he didn't steal their shoes. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, walking a mile in other people's shoes. It's a whole, oh, it's a whole thing. But that's it. That's the story. And then to add this additional component about this guy just, like, floating away into outer space is just so, like, unnecessarily weird in a way that like i guess played into the story because obviously there was some sort of thing with the rate like the race couldn't have happened and i don't know how he would have ended the book perhaps just they became friends but also i would like to call out the description that we found for this book because it ended with soon they forge a friendship which may just help him through his mysterious affliction. It doesn't. It doesn't. He still floats away. I think he was happier by the end. <laughs> yeah. Um. But really, like, in in my conclusion to this discussion, I I love Stephen King. If he ever listens to this, like, Jesus Christ, why are you listening to this? But also, I love you. I'm a big fan. But what on earth? What? Like, you are... This guy is the author that gave us It and Under the Dome and Pet Cemetery and these, like, phenomenal, horrifying, really incredible books. And then he wrote a book in 146 pages, which, like, should have been a tip-off. That it was going to be not his normal thing but oh man oh man and there was like almost no point to any of it except that the lesbians restaurant was saved which is great like Mm -hmm. i'm happy for them but there was no explanation and just why (laughs) Yeah, and, like, the primary conflict, I mean, obviously him, like, losing all the weight was, like, a point of conflict and or, like, storyline. But, like, the main inciting incident is that, like, a dog is shitting in his yard. Yep. It sounds like the biggest thing that happened was this race. Yeah. Like, the climax of the book was the race. And it was a 12K in a small town in Maine. Thanksgiving run. Yeah, so I mean, like, you can read it. It takes, like, an hour. So, also, fucking support Stephen King. Let's, like, have him crank out more books. But it's not super necessary. I don't feel better for having read it. I'm not mad that I read it because it is such a short book. It's, like, really easy to get through. It just kind of reminds me of, like, The Old Man in the Sea. Which is another very short, very boring book where nothing yeah. really happens. And so, like, I also feel hesitant to even include it, like, in our podcast because it's really benign, especially compared to some of the other things that we cover. I mean, most especially compared to the other things we cover. But there's also, like, that one bit about it that's just, like, you just, like... D- You just did a little bit of drugs, and then you thought this was a good idea, and then you wrote a whole book. And also, it's Stephen King, so he probably cranked this motherfucker out in, like, a day. (laughs) Yeah, it... It's so short, and it also kind of feels too long. Like, it feels like this story could have been told in a lot less than 146 pages. 
yeah, it really didn't feel like it needed to be quite that much. Like, I have one page of notes, and I think that was all you needed. No offense. Good writing. <laughs> well, are there any books that you would actually recommend over this one? Yes, 100%. Um, I am going to recommend, even though I know people won't want to read it because it's massive, Under the Dome by Stephen King. I did recent. I just mentioned it. It's so big, but it is really well done. I think it's a super interesting book. It is like very strong Stephen King vibes. So I feel like if you're going into it, you're going to get exactly the Stephen King you're looking for. Uh, Pet Cemetery is another great Stephen King book. It is perhaps the creepiest thing I have ever read, and I really like horror. Uh, and it's a little bit shorter. It's a little more, like, attainable if you're not someone that wants to read, like, um 1,200-page book. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. It's not that this one was bad. It's, like, worth a read, I guess. But he's just such a good author that I would normally, like, I want more. Yeah. But check any of those out. Honestly, read anything by Stephen King. It's an experience. Even if it's not exactly what you were looking for. <laughs> but anyways, guys, thanks for sticking it out. We hope this has been less... I guess, boring for you than it was for us. <laughs> Consider following us on Twitter at TrueLandPod or on Instagram at TrueLandPodcast. We also love to get recommendations for other strange things you might want us to go over, so feel free to DM your recommendations or email us at shroomlandpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps other people who might be into this stuff find our podcast. And remember... Don't do drugs. Read books written by people that were definitely on drugs. Or maybe just do drugs. It might be more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> da 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 Shroomland. Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs>